Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. For this week, I am so honored to be joined by two-time Emmy-nominated and Grammy-winning composer Christopher Lenertz, who's the writer, director, producer, musical composer, and songwriter of the new animated musical short, Pacemaker, which will premiere tomorrow at Outfest here in Los Angeles. His previous film and TV credits include films and TV shows such as Horrible Bosses, Think Like a Man, Identity Thief, Ride Along, Bad Moms, Baywatch, Pitch Perfect 3, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, and TV shows like Supernatural, The Boys, and Fraggle Rock, Back to the Rock. He also just came from Comic-Con, where he was on a panel speaking about his experience writing the original songs for Rogers the Musical, which premiered earlier this summer at Disney's California Adventure Park. And he also recently received the BMI Icon Award this past May for his significant musical contributions. Christopher, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. So glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, So I want to talk about Pacemaker. It tells the story of a grandfather's journey toward accepting his trans grandchild. I believe it's made history, in fact, as the first animated musical featuring um, a trans character. Can you um, speak to the inspiration behind telling this very intimate story between a grandfather and his trans grandchild. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, it, it it is very definitely inspired by uh, by uh, my own family's story. Um, it's certainly work of fiction after that. But um, but my my father in law had two two pacemakers put in, and he was a just super fun, joyous, uh, loving guy. And at as his health declined, he became grumpier and less tolerant of everything, quite honestly. And then he would get this pacemaker and it was almost the, the it was really strange to us to watch it because he would come back from the hospital and he would be himself again. His beat, his, you know, we were like, oh, my God, it's like when his heart beats the way it's supposed to, like like it always did. He's open to everything and he's fun and he dances and whatever. And then when he wasn't getting enough oxygen, his heart wasn't be- beating in the right rhythm. It was it, it you know he sort of became sort of a different person, um, and um, my son Toby, who uh, had come out just before then as gay, but but not yet as trans, um, you know, we started talking about you know about how that viewpoint and how how being open to acceptance and love would change depending on how someone feels about themselves, and so unfortunately, you know, uh, my father in law passed. Uh, about four months after Toby, four months before Toby came out as um, as trans, and um, and wasn't able to 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 sort of be a part of that. But the idea that you know that I came up with, and then Toby was was a consultant on the story, was you know that everyone kind of can feel like an other. Um, and if you look, if anyone looks back at their history, they can they can see whether it's the fact that they married someone that their family wasn't a approving of or they loved someone that 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 their family or, or friends didn't approve of you can always kind of fi- find a, a time when you're the other and as soon as you do that it makes you it it sort of gets you back in touch with your own rhythm of your own heart and then you have the ability to accept and validate and see the rhythm of someone else's heart uh, especially someone you love and i think that's the most important thing 
Um, and would you say that part of the inspiration behind uh, making this film is to sort of serve as a, you know, since your father-in-law passed away before your son came out as trans, this is sort of a dream sequence of what that um, bond would have looked like had, you know, your father-in-law been around at the time that your son would have would come out. I, I think so. I absolutely yeah. think so. I think that that was sort of it was my way of, of sort of serving that Toby's way of, of thinking about that. And also, you know, I think it was, it was our way, Toby and my way and, and, and my wife, Shannon, and everyone is our way of, yeah. of learning more. And we sort of used the, the experience of making the movie while Toby started his transition um, as, as a, a learning experience for all of us. Um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. We've had so our 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 family, our team who 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 made the movie have you know we're 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 such a diverse, and amazing uh, crew of artists that you know our our, our producer uh, Nate Stevenson who uh, created Nimona, you know you know he he gave it, Toby advice on starting tea and things like that. So I mean, it's been so much more than just a movie to us. It's been really like it's been part of our tale of, of transition and part of our something we want to share with the world about how to, you know, how, you know, we can all use our experiences to, to love our, to love the people we love even more. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You had mentioned that Toby served as a consultant um, for you on the film. Can you share um, notes that he provided during the writing process or the, um, when you were, you know, writing the lyrics to rhythm of the heart, which is the backbone of this story um, that, you know, basically his um, words of advice or his notes that made the story all the more accurate. Absolutely. He, he told me had amazing notes all the way through, um, you know, uh, notes on, you know, hairstyles, notes on, you know, um, uh, he, you know, he had a crush and, and, and his, uh, you know, his crush, you know, had some elements that actually resemble sam who is our, our character that that cody in the movie has a crush on um one of the greatest notes that that we saw early on was we had earlier character sketches and um you know and, and in cody's um sort of hangout uniform when he first gets to the to the hospital you know he was wearing um just a t-shirt and um and toby said well you know um most trans kids would wear something baggier and, and would, would probably put a t-shirt over a sweatshirt to make sure that, you know, they, they, they weren't necessarily as curvy um, as they perhaps are under the sweatshirt. Um, at the time, they're probably wearing a binder, which, which Toby was at the time as well. Um, so it's, it's all those kind of things that, that sort of came out. And even when you hear, you know, Cody talking to granddad, you'll hear times where he's using chest voice. And that's something that, that, that Toby mentioned as, as a, as a, as a um, FTM uh, trans kid, you know, before they started T that's something that all, you know, that their friends who were, who were trans would do very consciously, especially around grandparents and things like that. So, so those all made their way into the film and were very integral to trying to tell a story that we hope feels really authentic. Mm -hmm. The song that serves as the backbone um, to the story, as I mentioned before, is Rhythm of My Heart, um, which you wrote. Can you share the song's metaphoric meaning as it pertains to the grandfather's heart and the story of his acceptance of his grandson? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very, it's actually, I, I don't know how, how how deep it is. I think it's very simple because yeah. um, 
Cody asks his grandfather a question about how did you know it was love when you first met Abuela? And that during his surgery, he recounts that the entire love that he had for Cody's grandma. And it's at the same time as his heart literally is starting to beat the right way again, the way that's authentic to him. And as he tells the story and he sees people within this dream sequence and he's like, wait, actually people were judging and judgmental towards me and my wife who was Latina, you know, this is all part of the same. It's all actually looks very familiar. So by the time he wakes up from that, that surgery and his heart is now beating the way his heart needs to beat, he's actually opens his eyes and realizes that, oh my God, I wasn't seeing Cody for who he was. I wasn't allowing Cody's heart to beat his way, to beat the way it needed to beat for him. And as soon as he did that, he knows what to do and he has to go to that game and and, and let him know. And I think that's, it's quite, the, it's really that simple. The, the words of the song are, are, you know, at one point Cody sings, you know, uh, what's that? What's that groove that makes your life complete? It's been inside me all along. And what's that? That's basically saying is like, I already know who I am. I know how my heart beats. I need you to see it. And that's the message for Granddad. And once Gr- and Granddad sees it, and at that point he, you know, the rest, the he, he, you know, he wins the game. And I'll put all my spoiler alerts in there. But uh, but the real purpose is just to know that he's he's seen and he's able to live at, as himself, and his heart is able to beat just the way granddad's is and that's where as a society we can all really i think be i think we can really be open to loving everyone for who they really are yeah and even though it shows that their journeys towards love were different there's just that universality of love and he was able to see some of himself the grandson in his grandfather's journey towards you know finding his abuela and yeah it was it was beautiful seeing those parallels that were so obvious um, now, you've been composing for many, many years, but this was your first time directing and I believe one of your first writing and producing credits as well. Um, so was there a learning curve there for you since these were new role- roles that you never took on before? And was the fact that this was your first time directing made it all the more important to find a directing partner in Brian Vincent jo- Rhodes, who you direct alongside? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, you know, I, I uh, you know, it was my first time both writing writing and directing um a script and 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 an animated film um so i i you know i knew what i knew and i knew what i didn't know um so it was really important to me to to find a partner who um you know who who not only you know had great directing experience but also had animation experience and and brian you know he was on spies in disguise and he's been a story artist storyboard artist for so many people um and he's so well respected um amongst animators that I knew. Um, and I asked, uh, you know, in fact, Troy Quain, who co-directed Nimona, um, and I have known each other for a long time. And I actually, uh, before I, we hired, we talked to Brian, I, I said how I asked Troy and, and Troy gave him like the immediate like thumbs up. And he's like, he's so great. And he's so smart and so kind and caring. Um, so that's really who we needed. So, but, but for me, I think also the idea of writing songs with lyrics and writing theater, like I did with, with Rogers this summer, and, and have in the past with things like Ugly Dolls and Gallivant and things of that sort is very similar to writing s- screenplays or, or stories because you are telling a story. You're not just writing um, instrumental music. You're writing something where the the words have to 
move a story along. Um, but I never had the chance to do that myself as sort of the boss. Um, but you know, it, it's funny. I gave myself plenty of notes. I, I, everyone always jokes about, Oh, when you get to do it yourself, you don't have to, you don't have to take notes from anybody, but I, I gave myself at least as many notes as anybody I ever worked with. Um, so, uh, cause I wanted it to be right and I wanted it to be good, but it's really, it, it was very freeing. It was super exciting to do. And I had had the, you know, I got to give a shout out to all the directors that I have worked with and I work with in the past, um, you know, people like, you know, Eric Kripke and, and Tim Story and Seth Gordon, um, and Kelly Asbury, uh, because I watched how they did it and I watched how they directed me and we came up with great storytelling and managed to, to, to sort of make sure the audience felt what we were feeling. So I basically ripped them all off in terms of style. And I said, I want, I want to, I want to direct the way they direct because they are, so great at what they do. Um, and I was so blessed to work with them as a composer that I basically took, I took a big page out of all their handbooks and and said, we need to, uh, we need to do it just like that. Right. Um, I want to talk about Alex Newell, who we all of course know from Glee, Zoe's extraordinary playlist, but earlier this year made history by um, in fact, just last month by winning the Tony for their amazing performance in Shucked on Broadway, um, becoming the first gender nonconforming performer to win a Tony, I believe. Um, yes, can so. you talk about working with Alex? What made you think of them for the role of the grand, your the grandson in the story? Yeah, I, I mean, there was there. I'm not gonna lie, like like Alex was all of our first choice. He was my first choice from the very get go. So um, I, I saw Alex in Once on this Island on Broadway, um, uh, you know, what is that, eight years ago or whenever that was. And, and I just was blown away then and watched through Glee and through Zoe's and, and even uh, some of their pop music. And just like, man, that voice is so good. And I knew that they would understand the character. I knew they would understand what it felt like to have a, a gender identity that was changing and fluid and 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 they could tell that story in an authentic way so to have someone with with that kind of voice and that kind of acting ability but who also really i knew in their heart would would get the character um we just went we went after him and and you know and begged and went every which way to try to get to get to him and 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 um uh and just to be able to record and have have my my son toby there at the recording sessions and and watch how you know they brought everything to the role and how they they asked the questions they asked and 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 tried to really get into Cody's heart and mind um was such a big uh you know help and, and inspiration um but yeah I'm 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 still to this day just in awe at, you know I watched that like everybody else does I, I watched the uh the performance that that Alex did on uh, I think it was the voice uh when he did the song from Shucked and it was like mm -hmm. Oh my God. It was so, it was, yeah. Kelly Clarkson was jumping up and down. Everyone's like, that's because it, it was, it was mind blowing. Um, you know, and then just to honestly, even that was such a learning experience to me dealing, you know, cause I, I asked, we all asked Alex, of course, from the beginning, you know, um, how do you relate to this role? You know, obviously Cody is trans and, 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 um, you know, FTM and, you know, and Alex is like, you know, I am, I use all pronouns. I am, gender fluid i am consider myself non-binary depending you know he's like i may you know i may have a dress on this morning and i may have you know i could do whatever i want and that's who i am and and i just i just so admire that and was just so 
you know, I just knew that like, that's the person who had to be Cody. It just had to. And so we, yeah, we, we luckily, luckily they collect, they connected the script, they connected to the story. Um, and, you know, and then the Tony win was such, you know, we were all jumping up down. We were all watching at the same time and, you know, all texting each other. We're like, yes. So we were just, yeah, we were so excited because, you know, it's, it's time. It's, it's right. you know, broad Broadway, much like the movies has been, and and the world, you know, they've just been so slow to diversify and to show representation of every color, every gender, every you know, you know, every creed. You know, it's it's time, and uh, and so the fact that we, as you said, you know, we very early on decided we wanted to make the animated musical that a major Hollywood studio just isn't allowed to make yet. And that was our purpose um, because we wanted to share stuff with the world that needed to be shared. And we didn't want to wait for everyone else to catch up. Um, and that's sort of our purpose. And, uh, and I, I think we, we ended up doing, and the fact that we're the first is, is great. We, we worked our tails off to get, to get done in time uh, for Outfest once we found out we were in and, and, uh, and, you know, it's amazing. Can't wait to share it with the world in a day. So yeah. very excited. Absolutely. Um, well, before I let you go, I do want to ask about upcoming projects that you're working on. I believe that you, we have a couple that from you coming out later this year, if you could share um, what we have to expect. Absolutely. We have lots of fun stuff coming. Um, so uh, I have a Christmas movie that Tim Story directed uh, for Disney Plus, which is coming out this fall called Dashing Through the Snow. Um, and I have uh, the uh, Gen V, which is the boys uh, spinoff, which is coming in September, which is going to be amazing. Um, and then I just started working on season four of the boys, uh, which will be coming. I'm not sure when uh, exactly, but uh, obviously the stri strike and everything has to do with that. But but uh, but they are done shooting and uh, and I can't we're definitely working on that. And there's some really great, uh, really great songs and 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 musical opportunities in that one, which I, I can't wait for people to hear. Um, and then I'm writing a, a stage musical called Be A Part, um, which actually takes place in Atlanta and is about, you know, community uh, and gentrification post-COVID and, and and a family business and a, and a, you know, and it also deals with a lot of, um, a lot of gender issues as mm -hmm. well and, and, and really does have the same sort of spirit of acceptance as Pacemaker. So I'm really excited to kind of get back into that and and get something on on the stage, hopefully, you know, in Atlanta first and then hopefully uh, in on Broadway, you know, after that. So that's really, really our hope. Um, well, Christopher, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished this year and congrats on Pacemaker, which will be premiering at Outfest this year. And I'm, we have a whole bunch of other stuff to see coming out from you um, later on this year, going into 2024, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, have a great rest of your weekend. Amazing. Thanks so much for, uh, for helping us out with the, getting our message across. I appreciate it very, um, very much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.